From Maine Public Radio and mainepublic.org, I'm Carol Bousquet with the news on this day in Maine, Thursday, February 16th. This Day in Maine is made possible by listener support and by Eastern Basements, a division of Maine-owned Eastern Mold Remediation, offering basement waterproofing solutions, easternbasements.com. Two credit rating agencies have just lowered their grades for one of Maine's biggest healthcare organizations. That's after Northern Light Health ended last year with an operating loss of more than $100 million because of a variety of staffing and operating challenges. Charlie Iacker has more. The pandemic has been a roller coaster for Maine hospitals. Early on, they lost lots of money as they handled growing waves of sick patients and worked to vaccinate the population. An influx of federal funds helped get them through 2021, but new challenges emerged last year. Revenue dropped off as inflation drove up the cost of goods and labor. One of the steepest costs has been hiring outside nursing agencies to plug staffing gaps. As a result, Maine's two biggest hospital groups both ended the 2022 fiscal year in the red. Portland-based Maine Health had an operating loss of nearly $45 million, and the loss was even greater nearly $132 million at Northern Light, which has a flagship hospital in Bangor and nine others around the state. Now, two credit agencies, Moody's and S&P, have affirmed their ratings for Northern Light, but downgraded its outlook to negative. Among other things, that means Northern Light could have to pay more interest on future debt. In a written statement, a Northern Light spokesperson acknowledged the challenges, but pointed to several efforts that kept its credit rating from dropping further, and could help bring it out of the red. That includes ongoing recruitment of clinical staff and the outsourcing of many laboratory and administrative functions. For Maine Public Radio News, I'm Charlie Ihacker. Pharmacists in Maine say they're overworked, understaffed, and juggling too many tasks. And as Nicola Grisco reports, they took their case before a legislative committee today. Maine pharmacists say COVID-19 exposed existing staffing challenges, stress, and burnout and made them worse. Two retired pharmacists took the lead in testifying before state lawmakers in support of a resolve introduced by Brewer Democrat Kevin O'Connell. It would require a review of pharmacists' work practices and of how they're treated by the main board of pharmacy. Gary Manso was a pharmacist for more than four decades and retired two years ago. He says he worked at one main pharmacy for several years by himself. I would be waiting on the customer. The phone would ring. I'm on the phone with the doctor. You got a customer at the register. So you're literally trying to balance and do things. Then COVID came along and we're trying to run out those vaccines with lot numbers, insurance issues, and not to mention, those are all trying things you're trying to do while you're trying to take care of the patients. Manso says now that he's retired, he wanted to speak out on behalf of his former colleagues and that some current pharmacists wanted to testify but were afraid of retribution from corporate owners. A representative from the Maine Board of Pharmacy says the panel doesn't have the time or staff to conduct a proposed study. For Maine Public Radio News, I'm Nicola Grisco. The state Senate has confirmed York County Judge Wayne Douglas as the next Associate Justice of Maine's Supreme Judicial Court. The Senate voted 26 to 1 on Thursday to approve Douglas's nomination one day after he received a strong bipartisan recommendation from a legislative committee. 
Douglas Most recently served as a Superior Court Justice and was first nominated to the District Court bench in 2002 by former Governor Angus King. Senator Donna Bailey from Saco says she has practiced in front of Douglas for several decades. And I've always been impressed with both the knowledge, the, his knowledge of the law, his courtroom demeanor, uh, the way he treated everyone fairly. The 71-year-old Old Orchard Beach resident is Governor Janet Mills' fifth appointment to the seven-member law court. He will fill a vacancy created last year by the retirement of Associate Justice Thomas Humphrey. Maine's highest court has sided with opponents of a proposed Belfast fish farm in a case over access to intertidal lands. Kevin Miller reports. The company Nordic Aquafarms had negotiated an agreement with the owners of a waterfront parcel in Belfast to run underground pipes from a massive planned fish farm to Penobscot Bay. But neighbors who opposed the fish farm claimed they owned the intertidal zone where the pipes would pass through and that deed restrictions prohibited any business development on the land. On Thursday, Maine's Supreme Judicial Court ruled against Nordic Aquafarms and said the deeds make clear that the intertidal zone belongs to the neighbors. Amy Grant, with the group Upstream Watch, says the court also agreed that a conservation easement protects those intertidal lands. Yeah, we're, we're pretty excited. And it, it's been a lot of ups and downs, but, you know, it's how, how it all finishes that matters. So we're not done, but um, we're going to take, take a small victory lap. Nordic Aquafarms says in a statement the company, quote, will be taking the time to review the court's decision and evaluate our options. But officials from the city of Belfast, which supports the project and recently used eminent domain to acquire the property in question, say they expect to be successful in another case and that the Nordic project will eventually be built. For Maine Public Radio News, I'm Kevin Miller. Developers have signed a lease to build a land-based fish farm on the site of the former Great Northern Paper Mill in Millinocket. According to a release from the group Our Katahdin, the Katahdin salmon facility would produce 5,000 metric tons of salmon a year. The company says that it's currently preparing the site and working to secure permitting for the project. An Aroostook County resident is suing the Roman Catholic Bishop of Portland, alleging that he was sexually abused by Reverend Angelo Lavasier at St. Louis Parish in Frenchville. The anonymous plaintiff says Lavasier took him to Quebec for a special mass and that the abuse took place in a hotel room. The complaint alleges that the Portland Diocese failed to warn parishioners about Lavasier and allowed him to continue serving as a priest at other parishes in Maine. The case was brought in 2017, which was beyond the statute of limitations. A new Maine law passed two years ago, lifting the statute of limitations on such cases has paved the way for victims to seek restitution. With near-record warmth across Maine, opportunities for ice fishing are drying up in parts of southern and coastal Maine. Mark Lottie is the communications director for the Maine Department of Inland Fisheries and Wildlife. He says ice fishing derbies have already been canceled, and some ice fishing camps have decided not to put their shacks out at all this year because of ice conditions. Lottie says that while the situation in northern Maine is better, some areas have still been affected by the warmth. Certain um, places up north have delayed ice fishing um, um, derbies or have, you know, delayed snowmobiling events or changed the venue because, you know, ice conditions or snow conditions 
aren't what you know they've expected uh, or what they were like in the past. Lottie says before heading out to the ice, it's important to check local conditions first. And that's today's main news. For more stories, visit mainpublic.org and join us for Maine Calling at 11 tomorrow morning. I'm Carol Bousquet. Thanks for listening.